1: Good evening. Tonight, I'll be reading the final chapters
0: of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz by L. Frank Baum. I hope you've enjoyed falling asleep to this
1: story, as I've certainly enjoyed reading it to you. So let your eyes fall heavy, and your breath soften as we settle in for a peaceful night's sleep. Chapter 20 The Dainty China Country While the
0: woodman was making a ladder from wood which he found in the forest, Dorothy lay down and slept, for she was tired by the long walk. The lion also curled himself up to sleep, and Toto lay beside him. The scarecrow watched the woodman while he worked and said to him, I cannot think why this wall is here, nor what it is made of. Rest your brains and do not worry about the wall, replied the woodman. When we have climbed over it, We shall know what is on the other side. After a time, the ladder was finished. It looked clumsy, but the tin woodman was sure it was strong and would answer their purpose. The scarecrow waked Dorothy and the lion and Toto and told them that the ladder was ready. The scarecrow climbed up the ladder first, but he was so awkward that Dorothy had to follow close behind and keep him from falling off. When he got
1: his head over the top of the wall, the scarecrow said, Oh my! Go on, exclaimed Dorothy. So the scarecrow climbed farther up
0: and sat down on the top of the wall, and Dorothy
1: put her head over and cried, Oh my, just as the scarecrow had done.
0: Then Toto came up, and immediately began to bark, but Dorothy made him be still. The lion climbed the ladder next, and the tin woodman came last. But both of them cried, oh my, as soon as they looked over the wall. When they were all sitting in a row on the top of the wall, they looked down and saw a strange sight. Before them was a great stretch of country, having a floor as smooth and shiny and white as the bottom of a big platter. Scattered across were many houses made entirely of china and painted in the brightest colours. These houses were quite small, the biggest of them reached only as high as Dorothy's waist. There were also pretty little barns with china fences around them and many cows and sheep and horses and pigs, and chickens, all made of china, were standing about in groups. But the strangest of all were the people who lived in this queer country. There were milkmaids and shepherdesses, with brightly coloured badices and gold spots all over their gowns, and princesses with most gorgeous frocks, Of silver and gold and purple, and shepherds dressed in knee breeches with pink and yellow and blue stripes down them, and golden buckles on their shoes, and princes with jewelled crowns upon their heads, wearing ermine robes and satin doublets, and funny clowns in ruffled gowns with round red spots upon their cheeks and tall, pointed caps. And, strangest of all, these people were all made of china, even to their clothes, and were so small that the tallest of them was no higher than Dorothy's knee. No one did so much as look at the travellers at first, Except one little purple china dog with an extra-large head, which came to the wall and barked at them in a tiny voice, afterwards running away again. How shall we get down? asked Dorothy. They found the ladder so heavy they could not pull it up, so the scarecrow fell off the wall and the others jumped down upon him so that the hard floor would not hurt their feet. Of course they took pains not to light on his head and get the pins in their feet. When all were safely down, they picked up the scarecrow, whose body was quite flattened out, and patted his straw into shape again. We must cross this strange place in order to get to the other side, said Dorothy, for it would be unwise for us to go any other way except due south. They began walking through the country of the China people, and the first thing they came to was a China milkmaid milking a China cow. As they drew near, the cow suddenly gave a kick and kicked over the stool, the pail, and even the milkmaid herself, and all fell on the china ground with a great clatter. Dorothy was shocked to see that the cow had broken her leg off and that the pail was lying in several small pieces, while the poor milkmaid had
1: a nick in her left elbow. There, cried the milkmaid angrily, see what you have done.
0: My cow has broken her leg and I must take her to the mender's shop and have it glued on again. What do you mean by coming here and frightening my cow? I'm very sorry, returned Dorothy. Please forgive us. But the pretty milkmaid was much too vexed to make any answer. She picked up the legs sulkily and led her cow away, the poor animal limping on three legs. As she left them, the milkmaid cast many reproachful glances over her shoulder at the clumsy stranger's holding her knit elbow close to her side. Dorothy was quite grieved at this mishap. We must be very careful here, said the kind-hearted woodman, or we may hurt these pretty little people so they will never get over it. A little farther on, Dorothy met a most beautifully dressed young princess, who stopped short as she saw the strangers and started to run away. Dorothy wanted to see more of the princess, so she ran after her, but the china girl cried out, Don't chase me, don't chase me. She had such a frightened little voice that Dorothy stopped and said, Why not? Because, answered the princess, also stopping, a safe distance away. If I run, I may fall down and break myself. But could you not be mended? asked the girl. Oh yes, but one is never so pretty after being mended, you know, replied the princess. I suppose not, said Dorothy. Now there is Mr. Joker, one of our clowns, continued the China lady, who is always trying to stand upon his head. He has broken himself so often that he is mended in a hundred places
1: and doesn't look at all pretty. Here he comes now, so you can see for yourself.
0: Indeed, a jolly little clown came walking towards them, and Dorothy could see that in spite of his pretty clothes of red and yellow and green, he was completely covered with cracks and showing plainly that he had been mended in many places. The clown put his hands in his pockets, and after puffing out his cheeks and nodding his head at them saucily, he said, My lady fair, why do you stare at poor
1: old Mr. Joker? You're quite as stiff and prim as if you'd eaten up a poker. Be quiet, sir, said the princess. Can't you see
0: these are strangers and should be treated with respect? Well, that's respect, I expect, declared the clown, and immediately stood upon his head. Don't mind, Mr. Joker, said the princess to Dorothy. He is considerably cracked in his head, and that makes him foolish. Oh, I don't mind him a bit, said Dorothy. But you are so beautiful, she continued, that I am sure I could love you dearly. Won't you let me carry you back to Kansas and stand you on Aunt Em's mantle? I could carry you in my basket. That would make me very unhappy answered the china princess you see here in our country we live contentedly and can talk and move around as we please but whenever any of us are taken away our joints at once stiffen and we can only stand straight and look pretty of course that is all that is expected of us when we are on mantles." and cabinets, and drawing-room tables, but our lives are much pleasanter here, in our own country. I would not make you unhappy for all the world, exclaimed Dorothy, so I'll just say goodbye. Goodbye, replied the princess. They walked carefully through the China country. The little animals and all the people scampered out of their way, fearing the strangers would break them. And after an hour or so, the travellers reached the other side and came to another china wall. It was not so high as the first, however, and by standing upon the lion's back, they all managed to scramble to the top, Then the lion gathered his legs under him and jumped on the wall. But just as he jumped, he upset a china church with his tail and smashed it all to pieces. That was too bad, said Dorothy. But really I think we were lucky in not doing these people more harm than breaking a cow's leg and a church. They are all so brittle. They are indeed, said the Scarecrow, and I am thankful I am made of straw and cannot be easily
1: damaged. There are worse things in the world than being a Scarecrow. Chapter 21 The Lion Becomes the King
0: of Beasts After climbing down from the china wall, the travellers found themselves in a disagreeable country, full of bogs and marshes and covered with tall, rank grass. It was difficult to walk out, falling into muddy holes, for the grass was so thick that it hid them from sight. However, by carefully picking their way, they got safely along until they reached solid ground. But here the country seemed wilder than ever, and after a long and tiresome walk through the underbrush, they entered another forest, where the trees were bigger and older than any they'd seen before. This forest is perfectly delightful, declared the lion, looking around him with joy.
1: Never have I seen a more beautiful place. It seems gloomy, said the scarecrow. Not a bit of it, answered the lion. I should like
0: to live here all my life. See how soft the dried leaves are under your feet, and how rich and green the mosses that clings to these old trees. Surely no wild beast could wish a pleasanter home. Perhaps there are wild beasts in the forest now, said Dorothy.
1: I suppose there are, returned the lion, but I do not see any of them about.
0: They walked through the forest until it became too dark to go any farther. Dorothy and Toto and the lion lay down to sleep, while the woodman and the scarecrow kept watch over them as usual. When morning came, they started again. Before they had gone far, they heard a low rumble as of the growling of many wild animals. Toto whimpered a little, but none of the others were frightened, and they kept along the well-trodden path until they came to an opening in the wood, in which were gathered hundreds of beasts of every variety. There were tigers and elephants and bears and wolves, And foxes, and all the others in the natural history. And for a moment, Dorothy was afraid. But the lion explained that the animals were holding a meeting, and he judged by their snarling and growling that they were in great trouble. As he spoke, several of the beasts caught sight of him, and at once the great assemblage hushed as if by magic. The biggest of the tigers came up to the lion and bowed, saying, Welcome, O King of Beasts. You have come in good time to fight our enemy and bring peace to all the animals of the forest once more. What is your trouble? asked the lion quietly. We are all threatened answered the tiger, by a fierce enemy which has lately come into this forest. It is a most tremendous monster, like a great spider, with a body as big as an elephant and legs as long as tree trunks. It has eight of these long legs, and as the monster crawls through the forest, He seizes an animal with a leg and drags it to his mouth, where he eats it as a spider does the fly. Not one of us is safe while this fierce creature is alive, and we had called a meeting to decide how to take care of ourselves when you came among us. The lion thought for a moment. Are there any other lions in this forest? He asked. No, there were some, but the monster has eaten them all. And besides, they were none of them nearly so large and brave as you. If I put an end to your enemy, will you bow down to me and obey me as your king of the forest? inquired the lion. We will do that gladly. "'returned the tiger, and all the other beasts roared with a mighty roar. "'We will.' "'Where is this great spider of yours now?' asked the lion. "'Yonder, among the oak trees,' said the tiger, pointing with his forefoot. "'Take good care of these friends of mine,' said the lion. And I will go at once to fight the monster. He bade his comrades good-bye and marched proudly away to do battle with the enemy. The great spider was lying asleep when the lion found him, and it looked so ugly that its foe turned up his nose in disgust. Its legs were quite as long as the tiger had said, and its body covered with coarse black hair. It had a great mouth, with a row of sharp teeth a foot long, but its head was joined to the pudgy body by a neck as slender as a wasp's waist. This gave the lion a hint of the best way to attack the creature. And as we knew it was easier to fight it asleep than awake, he gave a great spring and landed directly upon the monster's back. Then, with one blow of his heavy paw, all armed with sharp claws, he knocked the spider's head from its body. Jumping down, he watched it until the long legs stopped wiggling when he knew. It was quite dead. The lion went back to the opening, where the beasts of the forest were waiting for him, and said proudly, You need fear your enemy no longer. Then the beasts bowed down to the lion as their king, and he promised to come back and rule over them as soon as Dorothy
1: was safely on her way to Kansas. Chapter 22 The Country of the Quadlings
0: The four travellers passed through the rest of the forest in safety, and when they came out from its gloom, saw before them a steep hill, covered from top to bottom with great pieces of rock. That will be hard to climb, said the Scarecrow. But we must get over the hill, nevertheless. So he led the way, and the others followed. They had nearly reached the first rock,
1: when they heard a rough voice cry out, Keep back. Who are you? asked the scarecrow.
0: Then a head showed itself over the rock, and the same voice said, This hill belongs to us, and we don't allow anyone to cross it. But we must cross it, said the Scarecrow. We're going to the country of the Quadlings." But you shall not, replied the voice, and there stepped from behind the rock the strangest man the travellers had ever seen. He was quite short and stout, and had a big head, which was flat at the top, and supported by a thick neck full of wrinkles. But he had no arms at all. Seeing this, the scarecrow did not fear that so helpless a creature could prevent them from climbing the hill. So he said, I'm sorry not to do as you wish, but we must pass over your hill, whether you like it or not,
1: and he walked boldly forward. As quick as lightning, the man's head shot forward
0: and his neck stretched out until the top of the head, where it was flat, struck the scarecrow in the middle and sent him tumbling. Over and over, down the hill. Almost as quickly as it came, the head went back to the body, and the man laughed harshly as he said, It isn't as easy as you think. A chorus of boisterous laughter came from the other rocks, and Dorothy saw hundreds of the armless hammerheads upon the hill, one behind, every rock. The lion became quite angry at the laughter caused by the scarecrow's mishap, and giving a loud roar that echoed like thunder, he dashed up the hill. Again a head shot swiftly out, and the great lion went rolling down the hill as if he'd been struck by a cannonball. Dorothy ran down and helped the scarecrow to his feet, and the lion came up to her, feeling rather bruised and sore, and said, It is useless to fight
1: people with shooting heads. No one can withstand them. What can we do then? she asked. Call the winged monkeys, suggested the tin woodman.
0: You have still the right to command them once more. Very well, she answered, and putting on the golden cap, she uttered the magic words. The monkeys were as prompt as ever, and in a few moments the entire band
1: stood before her. What are your commands? inquired the king of the monkeys, bowing low.
0: Carry us over the hill to the country of the quadlings, answered the girl. It shall be done, said the king, and at once the winged monkeys caught the four travellers and Toto up in their arms and flew away with them. As they passed over the hill, the hammerheads yelled with vexation and shot their heads high in the air, but they could not reach the winged monkeys, which carried Dorothy and her comrades safely over the hill and set them down in the beautiful country of the Quadlings.
1: This is the last time you can summon us, said the leader to Dorothy, so goodbye and
0: good luck to you. Goodbye and thank you very much, returned the girl, and the monkeys rose into the air and were out of sight in a twinkling. The country of the Quadlins seemed rich and happy. There was field upon field of ripening grain, with well-paved roads running between, and very pretty rippling brooks with strong bridges across them. The fences and houses and bridges were all painted bright red, just as they had been painted yellow in the country of the Winkies and blue in the country of the Munchkins. The codlings themselves, who were short and fat and looked chubby and good-natured, were dressed all in red which showed bright against the green grass and the yellow grain. The monkeys had set them down near a farmhouse, and the four travellers walked up to it and knocked at the door. It was opened by the farmer's wife, and when Dorothy asked for something to eat, the woman gave them all a good dinner, with three kinds of cake and four kinds of cookies, and a bowl of milk for Toto.
1: How far is it to the castle of Glinda? asked the child. It is not a great way,
0: answered the farmer's wife. Take the road to the south, and you will soon reach it. Thanking the good woman, they started afresh, and walked by the field. And across the pretty bridges until they saw before them a very beautiful castle. Before the gates were three young girls dressed in handsome red uniforms trimmed with gold braid. And as Dorothy approached, one of them said to her, Why have you come to the south country?
1: To see the good witch who rules here she answered. Will you take me to her?
0: Let me have your name and I will ask Glinda if she will
1: receive you. They told who they were and the girl soldier went into the castle.
0: After a few moments she came back to say that Dorothy and the
1: others were to be admitted at once. Chapter 23 Glinda the Good Witch Grants Dorothy's Wish Before they went to see Glinda, however,
0: they were taken to a room of the castle, where Dorothy washed her face and combed her hair, and the lion shook the dust out of his mane, and the scarecrow patted himself into his best shape and the woodman polished his tin and oiled his joints. When they were all quite presentable they followed the soldier girl into a big room where the witch Glinda sat upon a throne of rubies. She was both beautiful and young to their eyes. Her hair was a rich red in colour and fell in flowing ringlets over her shoulders. Her dress was a pure white, but her eyes were blue, and they looked kindly
1: upon the little girl. What can I do for you, my child? she asked. Dorothy told
0: the witch all her story. How the cyclone had brought her to the land of Oz, how she had found her companions, and of the wonderful adventures they had met with. My greatest wish now, she added, is to get back to Kansas, for Aunt Em will surely think something dreadful has happened to me, and that will make her put on mourning and unless the crops are better this year than they were last, I'm sure my Uncle Henry cannot afford it. Glinda leaned forward and kissed the sweet, upturned face of the loving little girl. Bless your dear heart, she said. I am sure I can tell you of a way to get back to Kansas. Then she added, But if I do, you must give me the golden cap.
1: Willingly, exclaimed Dorothy. Indeed, it is of no use to me now, and when you
0: have it, you can command the winged monkeys three times. And I think I shall need their service just those three times, answered Glinda, smiling. Dorothy then gave her the golden cap, and the witch said to the scarecrow, What will you do when Dorothy has left us? I will return to the Emerald City, he replied, for Oz has made me its ruler and the people like me. The only thing that worries me is how to cross the hill of the Hammerheads. By means of the golden cap, I shall command the winged monkeys to carry you to the gates of the Emerald City, said Glinda. For it would be a shame to deprive the people of so wonderful a ruler. Am I really wonderful?
1: asked the Scarecrow. You are unusual, replied Glinda. Turning to the tin woodman,
0: she asked, What will become of you when Dorothy leaves this country? He leaned on his axe and thought a moment. Then he said, The Winkies were very kind to me and wanted me to rule over them after the Wicked Witch died. I am fond of the Winkies and if I could get back again to the country of the West, I should like nothing better than to rule over them forever. My second command to the winged monkeys, said Glinda, will be that they carry you safely to the land of the Winkies. Your brain may not be so large to look at those of the Scarecrow, but you are really brighter than he is when you are well polished, and I am sure you will rule over the Winkies wisely and well. Then the witch looked at the big, shaggy lion and asked, When Dorothy has returned to her home, what will become of you? Over the hill of the Hammerheads, he answered, Lies a grand old forest, and all the beasts that live there have made me their king. If I could only get back to this forest, I would pass my life very happily there. My third command to the winged monkeys, said Glinda, shall be to carry you to the forest. Then, having used up the powers of the golden cap, I shall give it to the king of the monkeys, that he and his band may thereafter be free forevermore. The scarecrow and the tin woodman and the lion now thanked the good witch earnestly for her kindness, and Dorothy exclaimed, you are certainly as
1: good as you are beautiful, but you have not yet told me how to get back to Kansas.
0: Your silver shoes will carry you over the desert, replied Glinda. If you had known their power, you could have gone back to your Aunt Em the very first day you came to this country. But then I should not have my wonderful brains, cried the Scarecrow. I might have passed my whole life in the farmer's cornfield.
1: And I should not have had my lovely heart, said the Tin Woodman. I might have stood
0: and rusted up in the forest till the end of the world. And I should have lived a coward forever, declared the lion, and no beast in all the forest would have a good word to say to me. This is all true, said Dorothy, and I am glad I was of use to these good friends. But now that each of them has had what he most desired, and each is happy. In having a kingdom to rule besides, I think I should
1: like to go back to Kansas. The silver shoes, said the good witch, have wonderful
0: powers. And one of the most curious things about them is that they can carry you to any place in the world in three steps and each step will be made in the wink of an eye. All you have to do is knock the heels together three times and command the shoes to carry you wherever you wish to go. If that is so, said the child joyfully, I will ask them to carry me back to Kansas at once. She threw her arms around the lion's neck and kissed him, patting his big head tenderly. Then she kissed the tin woodman who was weeping in the way most dangerous to his joints. But she hugged the soft, stuffed body of the scarecrow in her arms instead of kissing his painted face and found she was crying herself at this sorrowful parting from her loving comrades. Glinda the Good stepped down from her ruby throne to give the little girl a goodbye kiss, and Dorothy thanked her for all the kindness she had shown to her friends and herself. Dorothy now took Toto up solemnly in her arms, and having said one last goodbye, she clapped the heels of her shoes together three times, saying, Take me home to Aunt Em. Instantly she was whirling through the air, so swiftly that all she could see or feel was the wind whistling past her ears. The silver shoes took but three steps, and then she stopped so suddenly that she rolled over upon the grass several times before
1: she knew where she was. At length, however, she sat up and looked about her. Good gracious, she cried, for she was sitting
0: on the broad Kansas prairie and just before her was the new farmhouse Uncle Henry built after the cyclone had carried away the old one. Uncle Harry was milking the cows in the barnyard, and Toto jumped out of her arms and was running towards the barn,
1: barking furiously. Dorothy stood up, and found she was in her stocking feet,
0: for the silver shoes had fallen off in her flight through the air,
1: and were lost forever in the desert. Chapter 24 Home Again Aunt Em had just come out of the house to water the
0: cabbages when she looked up and saw Dorothy running towards her. My darling child, she cried, folding the little girl in her arms and covering her face with kisses. Where in the world did you come from?
1: From the land of Oz, said Dorothy gravely. And here is Toto too. Oh, Aunt Em, I'm so glad to be at home again.